Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson. Stagecraft has been on a bit of a hiatus over the past few weeks, but the New York theater season is warming up, and so we're back. And joining us this week is Martina Mayoke, whose new timely play, Queens, is now in previews at LCT3's Claretau Theater, preparing for a March 5th opening. Hello, Martina Mayoke. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We usually start these conversations off with a brief uh, description of the place. So could you tell listeners what Queens is about? Yeah, uh, Queens is set in a basement apartment in Queens primarily. It goes from the years 2001 to present day, and it follows the lives of a group of immigrant women, um, all from different countries, who at a certain point have all taken up uh, residence in this basement apartment. And it uh, and we especially follow a woman named Renya, who in 2001 came here seeking refuge, and then by 2017, she owns the building and the choices that got her there, and then also what she does when she's given the chance to help others that were in a similar position that she was in. Uh, And it also follows the story of uh, a young woman named Ina who's coming from the Ukraine in search of a mother who abandoned her at a young age, and she encounters Renya who abandoned a daughter. Uh, at a young age, and so they they sort of develop this surrogate relationship over the course of one night that leads Renya to go back into the memories of the last seventeen years of her life. What's the? It's the, funny. <laughs> it is funny. Oh, that's the, and it's funny. It is funny. There, it, it's a very serious subject, but it is an enjoyable <laughs> and funny play. What What's the genesis of the play? Where Where did you get the idea for this? It kind of was a sort of fusion of two things. The first one was a was a a, a personal thing, and then the other one became a uh, came out of a political thing. So the first was when I, um, I I was born in Poland, and most of my family has stayed there. My mom and I are the only ones in the country. My sister was born here, but um, my family's all back there. And uh, we rarely got to go back just because we, when we got here, we grew up very low income. And so it, you know, it became like survival. Survival in America was, was like top priority. And then, right. how um, old were you when you came? Was, I was five the first time. And then we had to go back and forth because of visa issues and things like that. So I was kind of hopping around for a bit. Um, but, uh, but like five was the first, I started learning English by the time I was five. And like, since we settled, like when I was nine-ish, also we grew up undocumented for a time, like we'd had, we'd had a lot of issues with, um, with immigration and things like that. So when we settled, um, I think by that, by that time it was just so difficult to go back and to go back frequently. Mm. Uh, and then I became a playwright. Yes. (laughs) I was like... I was like, oh my! Now I'm even more low income. Like, what am I? Doing? <laughs> so, I, so then it was then it was like survival and choose. And, and I realized that kind of by default, I'd made a choice to. It came down to like when I would make money. It was like, do I use this money to survive and then to buy myself time to write and to read and to do the things that you need to do when you're becoming a playwright, or do I go back home and see my family? Mm-hmm. 
and I kind of realized by default I'd made the choice to be a, an American playwright instead of keeping ties with my family. And around uh, like three or four years ago, I had a very close family member pass away, and I couldn't afford to go to his funeral. Mm. Uh, oh no, it was five years ago now, and it's a long time. Pa- oh, time, time, <laughs> <laughs> time passes. So about five years ago, I I couldn't afford a plane ticket, and um, uh, the year a few years later, I, I I won a fellowship. I won the Pony Fellowship, and the first thing I did was I bought a ticket to Poland for me and my mom and my grandfather and my mom and uh, my husband. Sorry, and uh, when I got there, I realized that I had lost I just frayed all the connections I hadn't been back for like seven or eight years mm. and I realized that they had you know sort of moved on without me like I they still knew who I was there was they were my family and their family but I realized that 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 time I couldn't get that time back mm-hmm. uh, and so that was the kind of personal the, the like kernel of personal history that started the play because it reminded me too of Growing up where I did, I grew up in the New- in Newark in the Newark area, and every I in a in a very multicultural um, neighborhood where everyone everyone was from somewhere else. We were all like immigrants hmm. or kids of immigrants, um, and I would was thinking about the stories of of people who lost much more than I did in their journey to come to to come to America, and so Queens kind of came like a little love letter to their stories. And then the second thing, like the political, I was, I was, I started writing the play in April 2016, and uh, as with this election, um, I was noticing on Facebook and and in conversations with friends of mine that I'd grown up with in in Newark, who were immigrants, who were even some of them at the time undocumented, just how um, anti-immigrant that these immigrants hmm. had become, hmm. and it was it's like shocking, this like shocking paradox to me. I was like, but you got you like. <laughs> You, just like I, like had to go through, this was hard. This is a really difficult uh, thing to move to this country, particularly when you when you have very little support and, and you're low income. Um, so why are you saying no refugees? Why are you saying, you know, build the wall? Like that was, that was so, uh, I like couldn't get that out of my, my, my head. And so that ended up also driving, at a certain point that ended up driving, driving the play. Why do you think they, they felt that way? I think some of, some of them, for different reasons, but I think some of them got got in, and then they felt like it was like now we now we pull the bridge up, now we pull the moat up. That it was like you it, memory is short, you know. And I think that you once once you've you've gotten in, then you, there's there's like a I I started to wonder like about like what's the generation that helps? Like mm-hmm. if you if the first generation is the one that struggles, then the second generation is also helping to to help the last generation that struggled and they're so they're aware of the struggle they witnessed it and then the third generation is like the generation of comfort <laughs> and it's like hopefully you've instilled in that generation that there, this was a struggle uh and that we should we should help and we should be open-minded but there's no guarantee because possibly you've been working so hard to to take care of like the, yourself and your family that you you don't look outward outwardly to the, the people that helped you so i you know i don't know there's i think that's what i'm trying to kind of figure out in in queens it's like what is that what, what's the mentality of pulling up the bridge once you're in right i don't want to give anything away but i, I was going to say when you were describing the play it sounds like renya's story is a success story 
but it's oh, no. not quite that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> when you were just when I you mean, were describing it, when yeah. you said she came here, she uh, yeah. now sixteen years later she's owning the building yeah. where she stayed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not quite a success yeah. story. She's, well, that's, I think the thing is we have that we, we um, the, the idea of a better life. Like, what does a better life mean? I think yes. I hear that word so much, but it's like we don't look at what the cost of what a better life is, and is it a better life? Like, because you have there's some some manifestation of security like a house like what is, what does that house cost you and um and particularly for someone who's low income and an immigrant like you have to make all the right choices and if and if uh, otherwise it's the the cost is huge i've seen you lose something along the way lots of newspaper and magazine stories about uh immigrants and particularly um in the last two years but they tend to focus a lot on on men and particularly when with when they're talking about groups of immigrants who live together mm-hmm. and this is a play that focuses entirely on on women even uh, mm-hmm. one of the women who is part of a couple we never see her her male partner this is a, mm-hmm. a show about women was it always that way and and what made you decide to focus it this way it wasn't a very conscious choice. I sort of started, uh, it, the first thing I wrote was the, the, the scene with the phone call. So there's a number of women who are talking to people mm-hmm. that they've left back home. And then the other one was, was this Ina and Renya narrative. And uh, I, 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 did a, I did a reading at this theater, not, not the one that we're at, so no, <laughs> but some other theater and I, of Queens. And the, one of the first questions I got was a man who asked me, why uh, why did i choose to write about women and like how would this play be different if it were men i said well the stakes would be lower if it were men (laughs) i think Mm -hmm. um because uh these a lot of these women are leaving children they're leaving children in their home countries and they're coming here um to to make some money to help establish to to send money back home to take care of the family and there's uh there's like way more pressure on women to have to be the caregivers of children and um women are paid less uh women have it's more it's more dangerous for women to just exist in the world uh and so i i just sort of started writing them and then and then everybody else was like oh you're writing a play about all women i was like oh i suppose i I am (laughs) but it's like i was raised by a single mom like everybody in my neighborhood were these single moms who were mostly single moms i think that i think i can count on like one hand how many kids I grew up with had both parents in their household and so I think it's just like my default to understand a world where like of of mostly women. Is it just more difficult for families to uh, immigrate together or? Well one person tends to go out and like scout the place you know Uh. like they'll go find the apartment and they'll go there's like practical things the money aspect of it you know it's like if you can't find an apartment there's two of you it's more difficult Mm -hmm. and do both of you get a visa depending on Mm. how you come Mm. if you if you're coming legally or not like all these things that and and all that sort of stuff so yeah and then and then for these all these women like they don't either they don't have a partner or the partner had planned to come with them but but like the the fact that they've had to stay here for so long has frayed that relationship and uh, yeah the women are very varied in in your play and that makes sense because there is no one uh, immigrant identity but they come from different countries some are mm-hmm. educated others not did you do research or was was did you shape them primarily from the experience that you had uh, growing up 
I think a lot of them are composites of people and th- that I grew up with and people in my family who uh, who were all immigrants. And there was there were some aspects that I had to uh, like I had to make sure that I knew the dates of certain events in their countries. Mm. Like I mean, this woman from Honduras who I'd, I'd grown up with with people who were who were coming from Honduras, but. Um, I went back into the history of, of Honduras. I went back to the history of Poland, where I'm from, like um, just to make sure I had all these dates of what what happened to that country in those years. So her, there's there's a woman who who at a certain point thought she would come back to Honduras, but then Hurricane Mitch hits in 1999, mm-hmm. and her house is destroyed, and she's like, well, I need to stay here now to help with this added like uh, uh, thing that she couldn't have prepared right. for. So. So mostly, mostly composites and then like sort of supplementary research. Is there one character that you identify with more than the others? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> I think actually Amani, <laughs> in a strange, mm-hmm. in a strange way. I think like she has, she's the, um, she's a woman from Afghanistan who, who is also a poet. And when she comes here, her her major love is her language. Mm-hmm. And which is Dari, and which is already sort of a um, it's not not a widely spoken language. And she, the thing that gave her meaning and value in her home country and her home culture is taken away from her because she can't. There's nobody to like appreciate her what she what she does in her in her language. And I think that's just one of the I mean I value that I'm able to to write plays and this gives writing gives me so much meaning in my life. And I think like. Uh, there's some, I mean, or maybe it's right now. Right now, <laughs> I feel like I'm all the more at this current moment as I'm preparing right. this play. Right. If I asked you tomorrow, <laughs> it would be someone else. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, totally. yeah. 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 Totally, totally. This is lost in universal. You know. It's right. Like, you set the play in different time periods, as you as you say. We go back um, to, into uh, Renya's past, but we move back and forth. Um, why did you decide to do that instead of focusing on one particular time period? I think they just came at the same time. I realized that I was writing this scene in the present and then this scene that was in the past with all of these phone calls over like a, a large swath of time and I don't even I don't even know how how it came out to be to be these two times except that I think I'm I'm just fascinated by time on stage because I love seeing somebody you are so many people in your life and I love being I have that the stage can kind of hold all of that mm-hmm. um, and and it's just such it's a beautiful seamless thing for for somebody to, to like age 16 years younger or older uh, and see what the differences in them are so I, I think it had to, I had to go back I realized in retrospect I, I had to go back to show the full journey or as much of the as much of the journey of, of who a person becomes as from us spending some time with who they who they used to be because the character might forget that but we we get to see it i have to say that uh, um i've i've long been um an admirer of your work oh thank you uh, well it's true and 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 in part i have it's because you are, are one of the few playwrights who writes about working class people and I wonder if you have any thoughts about why we don't see any more uh, plays about this very large population oh, yeah. of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have strong feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate it because cause a lot of people don't like these working class stories. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. I mean, there's like one one is a practical thing. It's like if you, you know, to, to, hearkening back to what I was talking about, about 
about I had to make a choice like to survive as a playwright or take care of any of the other aspects of my life. Like it just costs, it's, 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 it's easier to do it when you have money. If when you have a safety net to Mm -hmm. be a playwright, Mm -hmm. you have to do the work for free. First you have to write the plays and hope that somebody does them. And you know, if you, if you, if you're taking care of a family or if you have a a demanding job or, or work a number of jobs, then just the, the energy that you have to write is gone. So, I, so, you know, I think if you've had, and, and things break all the time in life and, you know, yes. uh, if you don't have a safety net to hold you while you're also doing the, the, the hard thing of writing plays, then it's just, you know, it's harder. Uh, so that's one. And then the other thing is I think that we, that, that uh, people resist, well, especially America, like America resists stories about class because I think that we, America's got really great PR and they've, they've like advertised themselves as like, it's all equal here. It's completely, you know, you come here and you work hard and, and you'll be fine. But there are so, <laughs> there are, there's like so many obstacles on the road to like, work, you know, working hard and, 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 then, and then quote making it, mm-hmm. uh, that if you are low income can derail you completely that are not advertised. And so whenever you, if you, if, if, you, if America totes like the idea that you can, you can do it too and somebody else isn't, and you're and someone isn't making it then it's like oh what's wrong with them which is i guess that's what most of these stories that i write uh, these past couple years have been is like showing these derailments of of the promise that america has the the the, like good marketing campaign that america's had (laughs) of like come here you'll be fine the american dream it's all good and i i don't know i I think people like like the number of times i've had to be like my play is this but it's funny (laughs) you know like i swear like i you know it's like this play yes it's like in devastating economic circumstances but like these characters have perspective on their lives and they find joy and beauty and humor. But I have to like, you know, convince people that, that they're not going to be like depressed and, 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 um, I don't know what, the, what they'd be coming into in the theater. So I think that's hard. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> How did you come to play writing? Kind of in a weird way, I guess. Like I, I didn't see a play till I was, till I was 18. Wow. Um, I had like won some money play? playing pool. Do it was you remember? Cabaret, actually. Cabaret. It was Cabaret. The Sam Mendes production. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I was like I picked them well. I picked it well. Like <laughs> yeah, you picked a good one. Yeah, I did. It was good. And it was, but that was that that seeing that uh, I you know it was the first time that I didn't been, been in a room with performers in that way and also accessing the story that was that was like on 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 space pretty dark you know mm-hmm. one pending World War Two concentration camp like pretty dark. But like was so joyful and so body and 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 funny and fun and I was like I I, I guess I <laughs> I connected to it in that way I was like it's great you can you can do both you can do both I I used to work for an adult literacy program in high school that would um, help parents and their preschool aged children learn English together and the way that we would do it was we would write these skits like in different languages I'd write like Polish and Spanish and English skits and there's also some for Portuguese because there's a large Brazilian population where I was at and we would we would present these skits that were just like practical like what might you say if you go to the bank or what might you say if you Hmm. have to go to the cafe and ask for a sandwich so we would give them like muscle memory language to have and then as I would be writing these these like skit little mini plays they would just become like more elaborate like there was like a murder heist at the bank <laughs> and like there was like 
like an illicit love affair, like at the sandwich shop. And like the people <laughs> in the party were like, you need to relax. Like they just need to know like how to order a sandwich. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. When I got to college, I was like, oh, I'm just playwright. <laughs> and then, you know, in college, I kind of pursued it. <laughs> Well, we are we are very glad you did. Um, Thank you, and and um, and very glad that you uh, uh, wrote a play that hits both the the head and the heart. Um, uh, so, oh, thank you. That means much. So thank you for it, and and thank you for talking with us. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time. And that you'll listen to all the other Broadway Radio podcasts, which you can find on broadwayradio.com.